Did you become a beauty business owner to take control of your life, have more freedom, and make more money only to realize it takes way more time and money than you were expecting to run the show? Maybe you see plenty of clients in your chair each day, but you don't know how to pay yourself. Maybe you're just getting started and want to be totally certain that you set yourself up for success right out of the gate. Maybe the view from your parking lot screams booming business, but behind the scenes, you know the financial side of the operation is quite messy. Maybe you've hired someone to do your bookkeeping and taxes, but still don't have a clue where your beauty business stands. When you're eager to take control of your beauty business's finances, come join me where we'll peel back the curtain on all of the money skills you wish you learned in beauty school. I'm Michelle Cook, a former beauty school graduate turned licensed CPA, and this is the Perfectly Profitable Stylist Podcast. Hey, hey. so maybe you're new to business and you've heard from others that you should hire a CPA. Maybe you've been in business a while and you've had one or more CPAs throughout your career, but for whatever reason, you're looking for someone new. Today, I want to help you to be able to find a CPA who's going to be the right fit for your business. So today we're going to go through the top 10 questions that you should be asking an accountant before you hire them. Now, before we get into those exact 10 questions, I want to share just a little bit about the accounting industry in general, just to give you an idea of what you're coming into when you're wanting to hire someone. So according to Accounting Today, which is uh, an accounting publication, there are 46,000 CPA firms in the U.S. Only 500 of those 46,000 CPA firms has 20 or more employees. So the vast majority of CPA firms that you're going to find are very small businesses, oftentimes even just one person running the show. Now, that's not good or bad as far as how large a company is. It's just something to be aware of. You might also wonder why it's so hard to find an accountant. Something else to understand about the accounting industry is that a lot of accountants retired during the pandemic, just like what happened in a lot of other industries. But in the accounting industry, obviously, when your business is negatively financially impacted, the first person you're going to for help is your accountant. And we had a lot of pressure on us, a lot of IRS rules changing. And honestly, it was just too much for a lot of professionals. And they just decided that they would retire. Problem with that though is that we actually have less people today getting CPA licenses than we did 10 years ago. So, for whatever reason, people aren't choosing to be accountants in as much volume as they were 10 years ago. And that's also a problem because we have a larger population now than we did 10 years ago. So, per capita, we have less accountants to go around. And that's why it can be so hard to find someone is because there are fewer and fewer accountants available to even hire. The other problem you might have when trying to hire an accountant is the time of year that you're looking. I'll tell you what, we get so many inquiries, basically starting January 1st. Everyone's like, all right, the holidays are done. I am ready to go. I'm gonna get my finances in order. I need my taxes filed. And sometimes January is just too late to even be looking because we are in full tax season swing and it can be a really difficult time to onboard new clients. So this episode is airing in March. And if you don't have an accountant and you still need to get your taxes done for this year, please just do yourself a favor and file an extension. It's really not that big of a deal to file an extension and you are gonna be so much better off and happier if you wait 
until after the tax deadline so you can actually get CPAs to respond to you and have an interview with them. Sit down, ask them these questions. And I'll tell you what, if you will take the time to properly interview an accountant to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for you and they're selling exactly what you're wanting to buy, you're going to be so much happier that you did. Client turnover rates in CPA firms is less than 10% a year. And so that goes to show you that an accountant-client relationship is really a long-term relationship. You don't want to be hasty in making this decision. You want to find someone who's going to be there for you for the long haul. All right, now let's start going through the questions. And I just want to add one caveat before we start going through these questions. In a lot of cases, there's not going to be a right or wrong answer. It's simply going to be a values alignment. Is what you're wanting what the accountant is providing? Because sometimes someone will come to me and they're saying, hey, I want to buy blue. And I'm over here saying, okay, I don't sell blue. I sell green. And they're like, but please give me blue. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have any blue. I only have green. And that's kind of what happens. I think when a lot of people have bad relationships with their accountants is they came in wanting to buy blue and their accountant is only selling green. <laughs> and so not every accountant is the same. And just like in the beauty industry, if I wanted to get a lived in dimensional balayage, I'm probably going to go to a different person than if I wanted to get a vivid. I could show up to that lived in dimensional balayage hairstylist and say, make my hair the color of the ocean. I want a beautiful blue green hair. And they would say, that's not my specialty. You need to go see this other person. And that's very similar with accounting. Yes, it's numbers, but not everyone is doing the same thing. And so that's why you want to ask these questions to make sure that what you're wanting to buy is actually what's being sold. So these questions all come under one of three categories. One is going to be experience of the professional. Two is their skills. And three is whether or not they're just a good fit for you. So the first thing you want to know is, does this accountant have experience? If you're hiring someone straight out of school, well, think about how good you were at hair the first day you came out of beauty school. There's been a lot of improvement, I would venture to guess, in the meantime since you graduated. And it's even more strong with accountants. I would say after a year of accounting, I think I finally was like, all right, I don't feel like an idiot every single day that I walk into this office. And it probably took two or three years to where I was like, yeah, I feel like I know what I'm doing. And maybe after about five years, I was like, okay, I really know what I'm doing. I feel very confident in pretty much all aspects. And if I don't know something, I feel confident that I can figure out what the answer is. And so it takes time to build that up and experience. And so you want to find an accountant who has that experience, someone who's not just starting off on their own right away. You really want someone who's worked under another accountant because the laws are so complex and accounting is just so challenging that you need to know that you have someone that has the sufficient experience to give you the advice that you're looking for. So ultimately, my recommendation would be to find someone who has at least five years of experience before you're going to hire them. Now, after you know how much accounting experience they have, you would also want to know how much experience they have working with beauty professionals. Do they have other clients that are hairstylists or estheticians or nail techs? Are they familiar with the industry at all? 
or are you just one fish in a big ocean? If you are a brand new beauty business, it actually might not matter that much if your accountant hasn't worked with hairstylists in the past, especially if you're just looking for a one-time tax return. There's probably not a lot that complicated going on there, but as you're growing and you need more advice, I would recommend finding someone who is comfortable working with beauty professionals. So after you know for sure that one, they have plenty of accounting experience, two, they're aware of and comfortable with the beauty industry, then three, you want to figure out what services do they actually provide? Are they doing income tax returns, bookkeeping, sales tax, payroll, general consulting, IRS representation? There's a lot of things that accountants can do. So you want to see what services they actually provide. And are those the services that you're looking to hire? What I find is that beauty professionals who are young in their career pretty much just want a tax return done. And then as they grow, the next thing that they want to add on is usually some form of bookkeeping. And then as they grow more, they start to realize that they need more than just the basic compliance. And then they start looking for extra consulting opportunities. Ideally, you want to find an accountant who's going to be able to provide you with what you're needing. I have beauty pros come to me all the time and they say, hey, I just want to hire you for like a one-time tax return. And our firm actually doesn't do standalone tax returns as a service. We only bring on clients who want us to do just pretty much everything for their business. So we want to be very hands-on. We want to be in their bookkeeping. We want to be in their sales tax returns. We want to be having consultations throughout the year. So we're looking for beauty professionals who want a higher level of service. And so it's not that there's anything wrong with what we do. And there's actually nothing wrong with a beauty professional that really only wants a tax return prepared. That's perfectly fine. You just have to make sure that what you're wanting is what that firm provides. I would also want to make sure that my tax repairer was a licensed professional. There are two certifications that you should be aware of. One is the CPA, which is a certified public accountant. This is probably the most common one, and it's highly respected because it takes a lot of education to get it. There are some really hard exams that you have to pass, and you usually have to have some experience underneath another accountant. So by the time you are a licensed CPA, it says something. The other one is an EA. It's called an enrolled agent, and it's not quite as strenuous as the CPA exam, especially in terms of the education requirements. But most importantly, what the EA and the CPA license provide is the ability for your accounting professional to contact the IRS on your behalf. If it were me, I would never consider hiring someone to prepare my taxes if they were not either a CPA or an EA because the IRS sends letters to business owners. And especially in the last couple years, their letter system has caused a lot of grief and they're sending out letters that aren't always correct. And you need someone who can read and understand what those letters mean. And two, if a follow-up question needs to be asked to the IRS, personally, I would want my accountant calling the IRS about it. I wouldn't want to have to do it myself. So I would be making sure that my tax preparer has those letters behind their name and that it is part of the services that they offer that they will call the IRS on your behalf if there are any questions. Next, you want to find out how will we share documents? This might sound really benign, but I'll tell you what, accountants have to be so careful about 
being secure with the way that they do documents. And that's why if an accountant is worth any of their weight, they're going to have a secure portal or some way for you to share documents that is not sending it through email because tax documents usually have sensitive information like social security numbers on them. And you don't want to send those through email because you want to protect yourself from possible identity theft. So you want to make sure that your accountant has a portal where you can securely upload your documents. And I would tell you what, if I found out my accountant just wanted me to email my documents, I would run the other way. Or maybe that accountant meets you in person and makes an appointment and they have you drop everything off and they scan it and keep it secure in their office. That's perfectly acceptable as well. The sixth question that you would want to ask your accountant is, what is your average turnaround time? And that might be for bookkeeping, sales tax returns, individual tax returns, business tax returns, and even just simple emails, making sure that you understand the processes by which they work so that you can make sure that whatever those turnaround times are, that they're reasonable for you. I think sometimes people are surprised how long sometimes accounting work can take, um, especially like a bookkeeping cleanup, for example. People think that they can bring in their books and they're going to be done in a month. And if there's a large backlog of transactions, it can take a few months to get those things caught up. So just being prepared to know that maybe the turnaround times might not be as fast as you were expecting, but what's more important is that if you have a reason that you need them faster, you need to let your accountant know that. If you need a loan or if you're applying for a house, uh, anything where you need to present financial documents, make sure that you're communicating that to your accountant so that they're aware of any kind of tight turnaround times that you have. Number seven, I would ask, do you work by yourself or do you work with a team? There is no right or wrong answer to this question. It's really more about your preferences. If someone works by themselves, then you know 100% who is preparing your taxes, who is doing the work. If someone works with a team, then what likely is happening is that most of their employees are doing the nitty gritty work and they're coming in at the end, reviewing it taking responsibility for it, making sure that everything is correct. Neither of those is necessarily better than one or the other. They're just different. I will say, having been a solo practitioner at one point, something that always bothered me is, what happens if I die? Like, what happens if I get hit by a bus? <laughs> like, I have all this information in my head about my clients uh, or it's saved on my computer, which is password protected. And because of security issues, I'm not giving that password out to other people. And so that is a little bit scary. If you're working with a solo practitioner, if they get hit by a bus one day or something crazy happens, then where are you, all of your financial documents going? And do you have access to all of your things? The other part about working with a solo practitioner is that there are going to be times when they're sick, when they go on vacation. And generally, if they're going to be out, you're probably not going to be able to get a hold of them during that time. Are you okay with having a week or two go by where they're just not going to be available for you? Is, is that okay with you or is that a deal breaker? So if someone has a team behind them, then you have a little bit more backup if one team member happens to get hit by a bus. Well, we have an entire rest of the team that can jump in, has access to records, can get you pulled anything that you need and pretty much have continuity. 
If someone goes out on vacation, there's likely an administrative assistant who can at least help you with some of the basics. If you're, say, looking for a prior tax return in the portal and you need help finding it, just little things like that. And other professionals who might be able to give you advice while your assigned accountant is out of town. So like I said, it's not that one is better than the other. There are benefits and cons to both. Next, I would want to know, do you do in-person meetings? And this is really important for some people. Some people really feel like they want to meet in person, that they want to hand papers over. And if you are that kind of person, you really need to find an accountant who has an office, who lives locally, that can meet with you in person. There are lots of accountants, our firm included, that are completely virtual. We work with clients all over the U.S. We have no borders beyond the U.S. We will work with anyone here in the States. And so we're meeting over Zoom. We have an online portal where we're sharing documents. We're communicating over email. So make sure that however your accountant's office works and communicates is also going to work for your needs as well. Now, question number nine, and it's specifically number nine because this is the question that you probably thought was the first question you should ask, but it's actually the last question almost that you should be asking, which is how do you bill for your services or can I get a quote? Because there's no point in even asking for a quote if your values aren't aligned, if the services that you're wanting actually don't match up with the services that that accountant is providing. So you want to make sure to ask this question once you actually know if the accountant is going to be a good fit for you. There are multiple structures that are used within the accounting industry to determine pricing. Honestly, kind of similar to the beauty industry. There are some people that do hourly pricing, some people that do session-based pricing, some people that do a la carte. Very similar in the accounting industry. I would say that the most common form of pricing is hourly pricing. And then we also have flat fee pricing, which basically is saying, all right, this tax return is going to be $500 as opposed to someone else saying, I charge $300 an hour. If someone is charging hourly, make sure that you get a time estimate for how long it's going to take. That's actually a really big problem in the accounting industry is that someone will say, well, here are hourly rates and here's what we charge. But that doesn't actually help you to know what the price is going to be. So if you can get them to just ballpark it, they might say, okay, our hourly rate is $300. And then you say, okay, well, on average, how long does it take to complete an S-corporation tax return? And they might give you an answer like, oh, well, you know, it just depends on how complicated it is or, you know, whatever. That's not very helpful when you're looking to buy a service. So to counter back, if someone's not giving you a really precise hourly amount, I would counter back and I would say, okay, does it take a hundred hours? And then of course, like a hundred hours is ridiculous, but that's the point that you're trying to make is that, okay, well, obviously there's some point where it's ridiculous and another point where it's not. So like, let's keep going. Okay. So if a hundred is ridiculous, is 10 hours ridiculous? Is five hours ridiculous? Like let's, okay. Five hours is more reasonable. Okay. Then, you know, let's, let's look at that. Okay. Well, then that means that the S corporation return would cost about $1,500 at $300 an hour times five hours. So make sure that even if an account is going to charge hourly, that you have at least a roundabout picture of what that general cost is going to be. And the other pricing model that's taking the accounting industry by storm right now is monthly package pricing. Because as I found out, being an accounting firm owner is that 
Clients, for the most part, don't want a once a year type of relationship. They want an accountant that they can call on at any time throughout the year and they want to be taken care of. And so that's why we do a monthly package pricing wherein during our discovery call, we figure out exactly what services we're going to be providing you. We total it all up, divide by 12, and then we have a 12-month contract where we're going to provide you accounting services for the next year. And then that way it's an easy, consistent amount that you can plan on for every single month. But it's also nice knowing that you have basically an accountant on retainer in your back pocket who's ready to help you. All right, number 10. This is actually my favorite question to ask, and I think you should ask this of anyone, accountant or not, anyone that you're hiring out for contracting any type of service for your business, which is what's not included in your services. And another kind of similar question to that is I'll ask, what is a pet peeve that you have that some of your clients do? And usually these are married type of questions because the most common issue that you find when you're contracting out with clients is what's called scope creep. And you have scope creep too. It's like someone says, oh, I want a color. And then all of a sudden they're like, and you know, just, just a little trim, just, just an inch off, no big deal. And it's like, well, I only set time aside in my schedule for a color and I actually have somebody else coming in. I don't really have time to do the trim. I, you know, I wish you'd let me know before I would have been happy to do it, but that's just, you know, not what we agreed to. It's the same in literally every other industry, web designers, graphic designers, copywriters, and accountants. Everybody has this issue is called scope creep. And it's really important that you lay out what is not included in your services because what you don't want to happen is you're signing up, you think you're getting something, and then all of a sudden you get in there and you're like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. This happens all the time with people who are just purchasing a tax return because they think in their minds that a tax return also includes consulting. And so they want to pick up their tax return and then they want to have an hour long conversation about it. And they want you to go over every single little detail and they want to ask all these questions and tax saving opportunities. And quite frankly, the price of a tax return usually is only just for preparing the return itself. And of course, you know, a few minutes to like go over the details of the return itself, but not for like tax planning or extra consulting or tips or advice that's separate from actual tax return preparation. And so it's important to understand what your accountant is actually including in their services so you can make sure that it fits with what your needs are. And if it's not included in the services, then ask them if they can add it in. And they probably can. Or if they can't, now you know that that accountant is not the right fit for you. I hope this is helpful for you, that you'll be able to find an accountant who is just the perfect fit for you. If you want help with your accounting year round in your beauty business, please come reach out to us. Check out our website, cartercookcpas.com slash services. That's cartercookcpas.com slash services. It goes over all the details of our services. Plus I have a nifty little calculator in there because I really believe in price transparency. So go in there, check it out. And if we can serve you, we would love to.